to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for opening our eyes to the kingdom of God that we may see and we may understand. And as we continue to seek, Father, we thank you that our relationship with you continues to grow and grow and grow because of our realization of the kingdom. I thank you, Father, for your Holy Ghost tonight. He teaches us and guides us in every single area of our life. We thank you for all that you're going to accomplish in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. amen. Cell phones off, please. Thank you very much. Good. Genesis chapter 1. All right, we've been talking about the kingdom of God. We found out that basically God's big picture and his plan is to colonize the earth to make it just like heaven. Even in the, our Father, we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God gave man that responsibility to do that while we're here on the earth. Genesis chapter 1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and he created the earth. So this says God created the heavens and he created the earth. One of the first things that God created, notice, was the earth. Man was created to dominate, to be a king, to be a ruler. Now, how could man be a king and a ruler if he had nothing to rule over? He couldn't, could he? So that's why God created the earth first and then created mankind, because mankind, in order to be able to rule over something, had to have something to rule over. So basically, at this time, he created the earth. And then verse 26 after he created the earth, he created man. And God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Let him have dominion or authority over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creepy thing that creepeth upon the earth. So we find out right off the bat, it's impossible to rule and dominate if you have nothing to rule and dominate over. Notice, even before God created the heavens, he was not really a king because he wasn't had anything to rule over. Once he created heaven, he became a king because heaven became his dominion or his domain, and earth became man's dominion or domain. That's where the word kingdom comes from. King domain, king with a territory, king domain or kingdom. So basically God created the heavens and the earth. One of them is visible, one of them is not, but how many you know they're both as real? As a matter of fact, the spiritual one you can't see is more real than the one that we see here on the earth at this time. So basically God created two territories, one invisible, one visible. Both are domains. God is king of the heavenly territory, and man is king of the earthly territory. When God created the earth, he envisioned man to be a king over the earth he created. God placed man on the earth and told him, I am giving you dominion over the physical realm, over the physical domain called the earth. You now have authority over every acre of land and sea and over every creature that inhabits this place called earth. Rule it freely as a king. This is your domain. You are my legal representative on earth or on the domain. So notice, God from the beginning never wanted to rule the earth. He never desired to come to earth. He never desired to rule the earth. Why? Because his kingdom is basically where? It's in heaven. That's his domain, and he is the king up there. He is the king of heaven, and heaven is its domain. He is the king of heaven, and man was created to be king of the earth. Earth is mankind's domain. All right, go to Psalm 115. As you study kingdom, it differs so much from what we're used to as a democracy and all the other basic governments that we've seen because how many know the president is not a king? And most of the other, if they're kings, they turned into dictators and basically misused their talents and their authority over people all over the place. But now we're talking about God's kingdom. How many know he's a good king? He's a compassionate king. He's a reliable king. So the kingdom of God, sometimes when we hear kingdom, we think, ugh. But if it's a godly kingdom and God's the king, it's a lot better than what we see in the natural realm. Psalm 115, look at verse. Let's see, let's look at verse 16. It says, The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to who? 
the children of men. So once again, he's explaining the two domains, the two territories. One is heaven, one is the earth. The earth was created to give man kingship and to make him legitimate as a king because now he has a territory or a domain to rule over. He made Adam a king and he made Eve a queen to Adam. They are an equal dominion. The rulership on earth belongs to men and it belongs to women. We are called to dominate the earth on behalf of our government of heaven. We are called to dominate. Go to Psalm 8. The understanding of this tonight blows God is in control of everything completely out of the water. This teaching is going to set a lot of people free who are stuck on God's in control. Well, God's in control. Well, God's in control. Because it's going to show you that because of the dominion that needs to be in a kingdom, that you can only be king over one domain. And he is king over heaven, and man is actually king over the earth. All right, Psalm 8. Look at verse 3. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, all that thou hast ordained, what is this man that you're so mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet, sheep and oxen, yea, the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. Once again, here it shows you dominion on the earth is mankind's legal right, legal power, and they have the authority to have rulership here. When God said, let them have dominion, that was a transfer of authority and dominion from him to mankind to give them legal authority and legal dominion here on the earth. If he'd have said, let us have dominion, then he could be involved anytime he wanted to be involved, but he didn't. He said, let them have dominion. So let them have dominion over the territory I call earth. I'm going to rule heaven. My kids are going to rule earth. I'm going to be the king of heaven, and they will be the kings down here on the earth. The dominion of earth is our legal right. It's your legal right. You have a right to be here, and you have a right to rule here. Earth is our responsibility, not God's. This makes the religious teaching God is in control very dangerous to man. Why is that? Because if you think God's in control of everything, you are never going to rule and reign on the earth because God's in control of everything. So what does that do? It eliminates your purpose for being here. If you eliminate your purpose for being here, then what the heck am I doing here? I'm just going to get saved, live 40 years, die, and go to heaven, and that's going to be it. So this teaching has eliminated our purpose because our purpose is to dominate the earth. If God's already dominating the earth, then I might as well just do nothing. But that's not what's going on here. Basically, it's our purpose to rule this earth. So God is not in control of the earth. We are in control of the earth. God is in control of heaven. How many know he's doing a fantastic job up there from what I've heard? I haven't, seen the, haven't seen the fake news reports, but I'm sure everything's going well. Praise God up there. So, and it's our job here on the earth. All right, go to John 17. Okay, John 17, look at verse 14. Jesus is speaking. He says, I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. This is Jesus' prayer for you, for me, and for the church. Basically, he's saying, we are not of this world, but we are in it. How many of you know you're not of this world? I mean, you know, you came from a heavenly world, praise God. You're aliens. Hallelujah. We are not of this world, but we are in it. We are not of the world's ways or the world's system. We are supposed to get into the kingdom system. Jesus says, do not take them out of the world. Leave them in the world. Why? Because he needs someone to rule and to reign the earth on the earth, to control and be in charge on the earth. Christianity taught me nothing but to concentrate on going to heaven, getting to heaven. Can't wait for heaven. Do your best so that you get to heaven. But we've been taught to die and go to heaven, then enter into the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is now. Jesus came repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand right now. Jesus prayed to keep us out of heaven. He prayed to keep us on earth to rule and to be an influence on it. 
The only one who desires for you to leave the earth is the devil. He would like to kill you because he don't care where you're going. He just wants to get you out of his way because he's here on the earth. So many believers look forward to going to heaven. We pray about it. We have some songs that, that make it wonderful to go to heaven. But the kingdom of God is now, and we should look forward to ruling now, not ruling when basically we die, because when we die, there's no choice for us to rule anymore. Because if you go to heaven, how many of you know you are not going to take God's place? Even if they have election up there, the chances are you're not going to get in. So your rulership is here while you're down here on earth. So God wants you to rule now. And when the new earth comes, how many know you're going to be ruling again? All right, go to Revelations chapter 5. Got good news tonight. There's better times coming for you. <laughs> All right, Revelations chapter 5, look at verse 10. And he has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall go to heaven when we die. No, we shall reign where? On the earth. This is talking about at the end. Heaven is fine. I'm sure it's a great place, but ultimately is not where we are going to end up. In heaven, we have no legal authority to rule there. Heaven is God's territory or God's dominion. The key to man's dominion, his power and rulership, is his legal domain or territory, which is the earth. Man's territory is the earth. God's territory is heaven. Remember the, our father we did earlier? Our father who where? Art in heaven. Where is the father? The father's in heaven. He is ruling and reigning up there. That's what he's doing there. God does not want to come to earth and rule and be in control. So basically, because if he comes here, we lose our power and our authority and our position. If God comes here to be king, how many know there's only going to be one king? That's going to make you a prince or a princess, but you'll no longer be a king. But God loves his kids so much, he wanted to give us the same opportunity as he has by making us kings over a territory and over a dominion and over a domain someplace. So basically, he doesn't want to come here. If he does, we lose our authority. We lose our dominion. If he comes to earth, we'll lose our privileged position. He, he becomes king of this earth, sovereignty in control, and we will become prince and princesses, no longer kings. If God created man to be in heaven, he would never be a king because there is only one king up there. Even when man rebelled and, pa and passed control on a realm to the fallen angel, God's purpose is unchanging. He created mankind and his children and his sons and daughters for rulership. Say rulership. All right, go to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians 4. When I studied this teaching, by the time I was done, I, th I think I grew a little bit. I was walking a little taller. I was walking a little stronger. My chest was out a little bit. That I was a king and I had a domain to rule over. And I don't know if I got any taller or not, but I felt like I grew, praise God. All right, Galatians chapter 4. Look at verse 4. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, Jesus, made of a woman and made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son in your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant or a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. So God's purpose never changes. He created man for rulership. When man rebelled through Adam and Eve and basically lost their rulership, God already had a plan in place. How many of you know that? He said, there's a seed coming who's going to squash your head while you nip at his feet. He was talking about Jesus Christ coming to take back authority for mankind and give him dominion back on the earth that he gave to the enemy. Here it says, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born of the flesh, to get back the kingdom of God for mankind. He came as a human, born of a woman. Why? Because only a human has the authority to do anything on the earth. So as he came as a human in a flesh body, God and man basically gave him legal right and legal authority and dominion to take from Satan everything he took from Adam and Eve and restore it back to the church or to kingdom citizens. He then came declaring, repent, change your mind, for the kingdom of heaven is near. 
Uh, why did he say repent? Because how many of you know when you got born again, you weren't thinking kingdom? You were thinking religion like we talked about last week. You were thinking Christianity. You were thinking this and that. He says you need to have a complete turnaround and way of thinking so that you now think like a kingdom citizen. He has restored sonship with all its rights and privileges to us. He restored the Father as our source. We can now call him Abba, Father. He restored our inheritance as sons of God. He restored our position as kings with a dominion. So repent. In other words, now think like a king. Think like a ruler. Think like a winner. Think like a king and act like a king because the kingdom of God is now at hand. All right, go to Matthew chapter 25. All right, Matthew 25, look at verse 34. Jesus is speaking, and he says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Notice, first of all, your inheritance here is not heaven. Your inheritance is what? The kingdom. Say the kingdom. Now, notice when the kingdom was prepared. Before the foundation of the world. So God had already had the kingdom ready to go in place before he created the earth and before he created mankind and already gave mankind that dominion to go ahead and rule and reign. But our inheritance is not heaven. Our inheritance is the kingdom. Our heaven, basically our inheritance is not given when we die. Our inheritance is given when you got born again into the kingdom of God. So if you've been born again, you entered into the kingdom of God, that is your inheritance, and now you have the ability to rule and to reign in your life. Now, what am I going to rule and reign over? My spouse. Is that what I'm looking to rule and reign? No. You rule and reign over anything that is anti-God, anti-the will of God, anti-the desires of God. So is sickness a desire of God? No. Is uh, worry a desire of God? No. Is fear a desire of God? No. So we have the ability to rule over those things and not tolerate those things in our life because we are rulers here on the earth, which is our domain and our place that God has given us to rule on. We have been created to be rulers and kings over this territory of the earth. Our inheritance was prepared for us before the foundation of the world, and now we have a kingdom and a territory. We are to rule over the earth, which is our domain, which gives us our king domain dumb. All right, go to Matthew 18. All right, Matthew 18, look at verse 18. Jesus says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed where? In heaven. Now, to bind here, the word means to lock up or to prohibit. To lock up or prohibit. To loose means to unlock or permit. On earth we have dominion and authority to prohibit. We have the dominion authority to unlock. We have dominion authority to permit. Jesus is saying that what we prohibit on earth, heaven will back us up, and what we permit on earth, heaven will allow to happen here in the earth realm. Whatever we allow in society, heaven will not stop. Whatever we disallow in society, heaven will make sure it does not happen. God has given us authority over the earth. This means that we are in charge. Whatever we say goes. This gives us a lot of freedom to control situations and circumstances around us. We bind and we loose. I notice, I've read this a lot of times, and you can use it for binding and looses as far as demons are concerned, but notice it's not talking about demons anywhere in there. It's talking about your everyday life. Some people don't bind a demon until they run into one. Well, you've been running into them all day long. You just haven't bound any of them. You're settling for what's coming into your life in your own personal life, and you're trying to cast devils out of other people's lives. First of all, you need to rule in your own life, over your own feelings, over your own emotions, over your own things that are in there. And then you rule over the others also. But we put this as one thing, just, just ruling over devils. Well, look in the mirror. There may be one standing right there on your shoulder. Do something over him first. So basically this means that we cannot blame God for everything that goes wrong in our life. But everybody does. Why does a loving God allow so much suffering in the world? 
Why doesn't God do away with all the evil that's here? Why does God allow people to be sick? Doesn't he care? Why doesn't he intervene? It's because it is not his domain or his territory on earth. It is our domain and our territory on the earth. The management of the earth is totally up to us. We are responsible for the evil, the ills, and the suffering in the world. God will not intervene in the affairs of this earthly domain without permission from those who hold the dominion here. I'll say that again. God will not intervene in the affairs of this earth dom domain without permission of those who hold the dominion here. Who has a dominion here? What's it called when you allow God to interfere in this realm? Prayer. Simple prayer. What's our prayer for? Our prayer is to open the door and allow God to get in here, His will in here, His desire in here, His wants in here. We do that simply by allowing Him to come in and do with agreement with His word to do things in our lives and the others who are here. Every human being on earth who is a citizen of the kingdom of God has dominion. God is not to blame for the evil in the world or suffering. God is not to blame. He is not in control. Even though the church teaches this and many church teaches it, He does not have control in this earth realm. We have control in this earth realm. And I mean, for some reason that brought a freedom to me. Because I got tired of praying and asking God to do things and sitting around wondering whether He was going to do it or not. And let me tell you, most of the time He didn't. So then I thought, why pray? I prayed for this, that, this, and that, and God didn't do a dang thing for it. So I just said, why pray if I ain't getting any results anyway? But I didn't understand that it was not his job to get results. It was my job to get results. It was my job to agree with him and allow him in or take care of it myself with the authority that I have. The Bible says we have authority and dominion, not only authority, but we have somebody by the name of the Holy Ghost who has the power to back up your authority in this earth realm. So basically, as I understood this, it set me a little more free knowing that I've got something to do in a situation when I'm under attack. And how many know you're going to be under attack? And it doesn't mean that you did something wrong when you come under attack. You know why you come under attack? You live here. If you're going to spend four days trying to figure out why the devil's attacking you, you've already wasted four days. Stand against the devil right away or the Holy Ghost will show you if you're messing up and need to get back in agreement with God or whatever. But you are supposed to stand against the wiles of the devil. The Bible says you give no place to the devil. Well, God, why are you giving him place in my life? Because you're giving him place in your life. You're the one that can do it, praise God. You have the authority. You have the dominion. He's get it. He's not in control of everything. So God will not help us. He cannot unless he's invited to do so by kingdom citizens who know their authority and know how to hook up to him with a kingdom mentality. Now, for years, I didn't have a kingdom mentality. Oh, God. God, 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 God. Can't you see everything going wrong down here? Can't you see? God said, I can see. <laughs> you got a stupid mindset. I can't help you. Because I thought, see, it was all up to God. And God wasn't doing his job. And what's God doing? And you blah, 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 blah. And then I found out when I had the authority, it was no longer basically me fighting against God. It was me and God together, co-laboring together to bring his will into this earth, praise God, all the time. So he wants to interfere in the earth realm, but the way we do that is prayer. How do we pray? We find out what our kingdom rights is in this book, in our constitution, and we basically take it to the judge who is justice and righteous, and we tell him what he said, and he says that's right, and then he has a responsibility to fulfill it in your life. It's just that simple, praise God. It's not feelings. It's not emotion. It's not whether you fall down and cry. It's not whether you jump up and have a feeling. It's basically just like in your government. I mean, if somebody does something wrong to you, you can take the evidence to a court, and you can, if somebody steals your TV set, you can have a camera that sees them. You can go to that court, and you get your TV set back. You don't have to pray, oh, God, bring my TV set back. Bring it back. No. You take your evidence there. You take it before the judge. They'll say, hey, you stole that TV. You need to give it back. God's a judge, and he wants us to come to him. And he wants us to bring his word. And he wants us to say, you said by the stripes of Jesus I'm healed. And praise God, you don't have a choice. I've got to live in divine health because you got to heal me and make sure I'm made whole in all my area. And just thank him for it after that because you already went to court. Praise God, you already had the evidence. And since you had the evidence, then the judge is going to rule in your favor. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that's what it is. And that's what we do as kingdom citizens. All right, go to Matthew chapter 9.
All right, Matthew chapter 9, look at verse 36. But when Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he to his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers they are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. This is an interesting part of scripture here. Notice he says there's many people who are scattered, who are fainted, needing help. How many believe it's God's will to save them or help them? How many know Jesus is compassionate and he wants to help them? But notice there's a need for laborers in the harvest. And if there is, then why don't God send laborers into the harvest here in the earth? Because you have to pray to allow him to send laborers into the... Uh, do you see this? So we have a responsibility. So that's why you say, here's my cousin, Lord. You know he's in trouble. But you said that all men be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Praise God. You said that none perish, but all come into everlasting life. So I'm asking you to send a laborer. I don't care who it is. Send him in front of that guy. Tell him about God. Tell him about the kingdom. Get him in there. I don't care where he's from or whatever. And grab him. And God, whoo, and all at once. This poor guy can't get away from people witnessing to him all the time. He goes to the grocery store. Somebody witnesses to him. He goes here. Somebody witnesses. He said, what the heck is going on in my life well somebody prayed you don't know who they were and this is good because they can't blame it on you so you're just using the word of God to get to somebody and all once laborers start going pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will or may send laborers into so what am I doing I'm giving permission he wants them saved I want them saved he wants them into the kingdom I want them into the kingdom but he can't help me until I agree with him and ask him to go ahead with his word you said you said, I'll be saved. He says, that's right. That's what I said. And now I can do something about it. So somebody, Holy Ghost filled in a different city, a different country, gets touched by the Spirit of God, sees a guy walking down the street, and all at once evangelizes to him, and he gets born again. And then he calls and says, never guess what happened. I was walking down the street, and somebody came and witnessed to me in Spain, and I got born again. Would you believe it? And you're thinking, oh, yeah, I believe it. I believe it because I'm the one who sicked him on you, praise God, to begin with. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, praise God. So it's whatever, not what God binds, but what we bind and whatever we loose. People say all the time to me, I, well, I thought God was in control. Well, that's why you're living as a Christian rather than a king. We pray for God to do what he empowered us and told us to do. We allow situations and circumstances that we have dominion to blast out of our lives ourselves. Whatever you bind or loose is done. Why? Because he made you a king over the territory of earth. You are not a servant. You're not a slave. You're not Catholic. You're not Lutheran. You're not Baptist. You are a king in this earth realm. We have been taught to have an inferior position like we're just pawns or puppets and God does with us whatever we want. We're victims, we're slaves, we're servants and we must allow sin in our life. I mean people all the time, well everybody has to sin sometime. I hate that. When the Bible says, sin shall not have dominion over you. So that means that you don't have to sin sometime. You don't have to sin. Well, everybody sins. Well, you do because you're included in the everybody. I'm not in the everybody. I'm in the nobody sins realm. Praise God. See, whatever you believe, wherever you're at, whatever your position is, whatever your thought life is, who you think you are, there's many Christians that are nothing more than victims. They want attention all the time. They've been victims for 50 years, and they're still victims. Always want somebody to pat them. It's time to pull up your little panties. Come on and start to be a kingdom person, praise God. You've got authority now. You've, you've got dominion over this stuff going on. Hallelujah. People say, well, I'm just a Christian with a drug habit and a sin problem. No, you're just a Christian who doesn't know he's a king. If you knew you were a king, you wouldn't have to do that. You were created with authority over all things, fish, fowl, plants, demons, when I, I mean, if half these people over here would just find out that they have dominion over plants and over alcohol and over things that are dominating their life as a king, they would come out of their bondage just like that without taking 42 steps. And I'm not putting it down. It helps some people, but that's not the help you need. It's only the truth that sets you free, not part of the truth that sets you free. That just sets you free a little bit so you feel better, and you keep going back, and you keep growing, then you backslide, then you keep... No, it's the Word of God that will set you free, and your position change. You have been raised and seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, marijuana, alcohol, offense, and all that stuff. We are raised above that, but we're not using our dominion to live where we're supposed to live. So we have a legal right. We have a God-given right. We are legal right as kings here in our domain, which is earth. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 2.
All right, Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 5. This talks about us. Even when we were dead in sins, how many of you were dead in sins at one time? Has he quickened us together or made us alive together with Christ? How do we do that? By grace are we saved. It was already provided. It was a free gift for all of us. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness to us through Jesus Christ. What's it saying here? It's saying here that we were saved by grace through faith. We were born again, a free gift that he paid for with the blood. When we came into the kingdom of God, not only did we get authority, but our position changed. We're no longer earthly people. We've been raised and seated in heavenly places. And where are those heavenly places? Go back to chapter 1 of Ephesians. Look at verse 20. When he wrought in Christ and raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet. Who are his feet? Who are his feet? We are. We're the body of Christ. His feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all. So he's saying, hey, this church of mine is just not a bunch of people come to church and they hug each other and they, they go home and they live the same way they do. No, there's a change that's taking place in their life. They're finding out they're, they're kings. They're finding out they have authority. They're finding out they have dominion. And when they do, basically, they're going to start walking above the evil in this world. You're not going to eliminate the evil, but you in your own life can start walking above the evil simply by getting rid of all these things that people told you who you were and what you couldn't do and how you can't do it and don't talk about your circumstances and situations. Talk about your answer to the circumstances and situation. Don't matter how you feel, talk about healing. It don't matter how worried you think you are, talk about faith, praise God. As long as it doesn't come out of here, it's unborn. You can have all the thoughts you want, and they're unborn until you speak them. When they're speaking, they're born into the world while you're prophesying. Well, I just know it ain't going to work out. We're going to go broke again this year. Prophesy, sister. See, but we don't see that as prophecy. We wait till the Holy Ghost touches us, and then, yea, say, may God loves you, ha, la, la. But no, you're prophesying every single day with what comes out of your mouth. Where does it come from? It comes from your thoughts. People said, you, can't, you don't know what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, I'll just listen to you talk. <laughs> see, it's, it's really easy to figure out. You know, well, you can't read my mind. No, I'll just read your mouth. Right. I know exactly what you're thinking because it comes out your mouth. That's why the vocabulary of silence is so powerful sometimes, I'm telling you. You're going to have to learn that. You're going to think something, and you're going to say, mm, can't put that out there, praise God. I just better keep it closed. Keep it closed for now and let it go. Because once you put it out there, see, you've prophesied it. You declared it. So we've got to be careful. We have authority not only in the, in the natural, supernatural, positive realm, but we can also have authority in the negative realm, you see. You're pulling the trigger on your authority all day long. Just make sure you're not pulling it like this. Because you end up shooting yourself. You end up claiming things. Well, I'm just no good. Well, I always fail God. Well, God just doesn't love me anymore. Well, I'm doing my best to please God. Blah, 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 blah. No, no, you're a king. And he wants you to act like a king, think like a king. He's already, he already gave you a scripture about the prodigal sons. He don't want either one of those. He don't want you coming back to God. Oh, I'm just so terrible. I'm just a sinner. Everything I did a long time ago. Well, a long time ago is before you entered the kingdom of God. Now you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And all things are of God. They're not of you anymore. Let that stuff go. Quit digging it back up and living in it, for gosh sakes. I need delivered from it again. 20 years ago, this happened. Well, get over it once and for all and move on, for God's sakes. You're supposed to leave that stuff in the gutter someplace. That's not who you are anymore. You've changed. There's been a change on the inside of you. You've got a different nature. You can't get away with what you used to get away with when you had the old nature. It's no fun to sin anymore. When you were a heathen, it was fun. You didn't care. You're killing yourself. Didn't even know it, but you were having fun. Then all at once, this new nature came on the inside of you, and all at once, the drinking wasn't working anymore. The cussing wasn't working anymore. All this stuff wasn't working anymore. Why? Because you felt guilty every time you did something because there was a change on the inside of you. With that change came a position change also. You're not no longer an earthling. We're mere, we're mere humans. No, you're not a mere human. As a matter of fact, Paul talks about acting like a mere human. 
But we don't do that. We're kingdom citizens. We're of a spiritual nature. We are a spirit being living in a physical body. And, and we're from heaven. We've been sent here on assignment, so we're here. Other people who aren't born again are not in the kingdom of God. They're still dead spirits. You wonder why they're so bad? It's because they are so bad. So what are we here for? We're here to, we're here to invade. We want to invade other people's lives. We want to invade Satan's kingdom. We want to take people out of there who are in darkness and bring them into the light of the glory of God so that they can see it. And I'll tell you what, if you just figure out that all those old things are gone and let them drop off your life, you won't be struggling with stuff for 30, 40, 50 years. And every time you go to another person who wants to counsel you, you tell them the same thing. My God. Well, blah, 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 blah. Well, do this and it'll be okay. Two weeks later. Well, blah, 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 blah. Uh, tell them what to do. Two weeks later. Blah, 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 blah. No. Blah, blah, blah. Out. Praise God. Do what you're called to do, for God's sakes. Just obey the word of God as a kingdom citizen and things will start falling off your life. Talk to yourself. Oh, that person were very nice to me, but I don't walk in unforgiveness because I'm a new creation, praise God. I walk in love with everybody. I don't care how, how much they offend me because I walk in love, praise God. That's just what I do. I'm a lover. That's what I am. I'm a lover, praise God. Oh, they don't like me preaching what I preach? I don't care. I'm a lover. It don't matter to me. I love every one of them, praise God. Write me a dirty letter. I'll write you a good one back, praise God. Hallelujah. Tell you how wonderful you are. Glory to God. Why is that? Because we can't afford to waste time all the time trying to change, 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 change. The Word of God and the Holy Ghost will change you if you allow it. But He's going to have you leave some baggage back before you got on the airliner to get into the kingdom. See, everybody wants to drag their suitcase along in or their carry along. You can't do that. And if you do it, you're just bringing up stuff that doesn't matter to God anyway. He said that your sins have been cast into the sea as far as the east is from the west. How far is that? It's a long way. Just goes like goes around a circle, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not him bringing that stuff up. It's the devil bringing that stuff up to you to steal your authority and steal your dominion and steal your purpose down here so that you become someone's problem all the time. But we've got to raise ourselves up out of that because this is the time and this is the day, I'm telling you right now, as evil gets darker, the lightness is starting to shine brighter and truth is coming forth like it's never come through before. And people are starting to understand they're no longer Christians. They are citizens of a kingdom of God, a kingdom of power and a kingdom of might and a kingdom of the Holy Ghost, praise God. And the blind again are going to start seeing and the deaf they're going to hear again and cripples their legs are going to grow back out and the glory of God is going to be seen in people's sides and the TV stations won't be able to avoid it praise God because it's going to be going on and on and on and they'll, they'll turn away from it for a little while but it's going to get out there and they will not be able to deny what's going on in this earth realm that there's people here who are not ordinary people they're looking for UFOs here we are praise God right here glory to God I'm telling you, this is it. This darkness is here for a reason. It's here for a reason. People want to not rejoice in the darkness. I rejoice in the darkness because I know what's coming, praise God. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Gross darkness will cover the earth, but you will rise up in the light and the glory of God. Praise God. The darker it gets, the brighter it gets. I'm telling you, praise God. Hallelujah. Let me alone. I'm trying to teach tonight. Let me alone. Let me alone. Guy, guys are messing with me tonight, praise God. And stop claiming the stuff the devil lies to you and binding yourself, glory to God. You're binding yourself on earth from heavenly things simply because you believe those things. Those negative things don't belong to you. They're not you. They're not who you are. Well, I failed yesterday. Well, today's a new day, praise God. Get up off of it and don't fail today and stop talking to yourself as a failure. Because I tell you, there's changes coming in the spirit. I know it. I can... I can feel it. I can feel it in the spirit. Praise God. All right, go to Galatians chapter 1. <laughs> Galatians. Where are we going? Praise God. Woohoo! For now, we're going to Galatians chapter 1. Get her, Holy Ghost. Get her. Get her. Get her. Get her. Hallelujah. 
Oh, he's here. He don't have to come from anywhere, sister. That's right. That's right. It's done. done. Preach it, sister. Glory. I'm going to pay you to come every Wednesday night. Praise God. All right, Galatians chapter 1. Look at verse 4. Talking about Jesus who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. So what does God the Father want? He wants us to be delivered from this present evil world. Now, that doesn't mean die and go to heaven. It means this present world's age or its way of doing things or thinking about things. That's why he says in Romans, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know, prove the perfect will of God. So here he says he wants to transformation us from, that's what repentance is, from the way that we thought when we got born again of the kingdom of God to our new way of thinking as a king and of the kingdom of God. The Bible puts it this way. It, he says that, there's a broad way, and that broad way leads to destruction, and many go in that direction. But there's another way you can go, the narrow way, and that narrow way leads to life, which is kingdom life, and it says few people go there. Why do few people go there? Because few people seek that way to go there. Seek ye first the and his, and all these things will be... So if I seek the kingdom of God and I seek this narrow way that nobody else is really going to, basically, I, if I seek, I will. Fine. Isn't that good news? Yeah. So if I continue to seek the kingdom of God, I'll continue to find the narrow way. I'll continue to find the life of the kingdom of God. And there's only few gone that way. I want to be one of the few, one of the few, one of the proud, one of the Marines, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to be. Yeah, I want to be one of the few. I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't want to be like every other pastor. I don't want to be like every other person out there. I want to be a little bit crazy, praise God. That's all right. Hallelujah. So he said, repent. Why does he want us to repent? From our worldly way of thinking. The world never taught me to give in order to get. Never heard it one time on the news. Are you tithing? This is the 6 o'clock news. If you're not tithing, you're going to go broke. No, they said, look at that pastor there who's trying to steal everybody's money by getting them to tithe. That's what the news says. Yeah. Well, these are ways we're, we're changing our way of thinking. We're seeing things. We're loving others. We're not going to shoot people because we don't like them. All this stuff is worldly ways, and you can see it sucking other people in. It's causing fear in people's lives, and they're afraid to go out. They're afraid to do anything. They're afraid. Why is that? Because when you get in the kingdom of God and you find out you're a king, Something, it's something about that you put in one of these movies where you're the star and you're taking on all the bad guys and you know they're not going to kill you because you're the star. Terry, if you don't see one of the movies, I mean, it starts out and you see who the star is and you know. It doesn't matter if 14 guys are shooting machine guns at him at point blank range, somehow he's going to get out of it. And you start seeing yourself as a kingdom person. Well, they're going to do this, but I'll just dodge or something or I'll bounce off or whatever, praise God. I'm just going to keep on going. Nothing can stop me now because I'm just going to keep going for it, praise God. So we need to change our way of thinking. How do we do that? We do that by seeking the kingdom first, seeking the kingdom ways, seeking kingdom morality. Not Christian morality, not religious morality, kingdom. Whatever the kingdom says goes. You can talk to God all day long. He's not going to change his mind. See, the church has an opinion a lot of times rather than what's in here. And that's not going to work. It's not going to work in your life. It's not going to work in the lives of other people, praise God. We have to do what the king says. He actually made the Constitution. How many of you had anything to say in it? No. no. I mean, oh, Adam and Eve didn't have anything to say in it. He said, this is what we're going to do here. I'm going to create you, give you dominion and authority. You're going to go on the earth, and you're going to rule and reign on the earth. And I said, oh, God. He didn't, he didn't have a chance to say anything. Then he comes to Abraham and says, hey, bless you. I'm going to give you this land, give you this land. You can rule over this land. Go. And I, okay. You know. So notice, he wrote the Constitution. He is the king. Whatever he says, we have to abide by. 
So we're going to seek first the kingdom of God, as he says. And the Bible says, if you continue to seek, you will find. How many of you know you don't find it all at once? Find a little bit at a time. That's why we're teaching on Wednesday nights. There's so much stuff to teach on in the kingdom of God. We could do this for 52 straight weeks, and we still wouldn't have it all done. Because the kingdom of God is so much different than the way I thought since I was raised in something called a democracy. Praise God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 5. All right, Matthew chapter 5. Look at verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit what? Now notice, he doesn't say anything about you inheriting heaven here. It says the meek shall inherit what? The earth. Meek, here the word is gentle and disciplined. Say disciplined. So the gentle and the disciplined will inherit the earth. The first thing God gave man was land or territory. He gave him a beautiful lush garden. The first thing that man lost was land. He was driven out of the garden. The first thing God promised Abraham was land. The first thing God promised Moses was land. Why? Because a king basically, when he extends his kingdom, extends his rulership and extends his power. Because the bigger and the more land a king has, the more powerful and stronger the kingdom is. So God wants the meek to inherit this earth. In other words, every corner of this earth, everything that's here. And basically, one way you do that is through land. Say land. land. I'm telling you right now, real estate is a spiritual thing. It's not a natural thing. It's not just clouds. It's a spiritual thing. God wants us to get real estate. God wants us to own buildings. God wants us to own plazas. We're different than a lot of little churches out there because they rent their plaza. We own our plaza. God said we don't have to rent anything. We own it, praise God. We're going to change it. God's people are going to own things rather than rent things. And why is that? Because now I'm in control. Nobody's going to tell me how much I've got to pay every month. Nobody's going to tell me this or that because the place belongs to God already. And I'll tell you, any building that's out there, if we acquire it, I guarantee you we're not going to put a strip club in it. Come on, we're not going to put a bar in it. We're going to put a Christian bookstore in it. We're going to put a Bible thing in it. We're going to, whoever owns the real estate controls what goes in the real estate. That's why it's important that for us, real estate means something to us. Praise God. God wants to give you real estate. That's why it's called real estate. He don't mind you being a landlord. Come on now. He's king of kings and he's lord of... Laws. See, he wants real estate. He wants us to get in real estate. He wants us to do things. I'll tell you, when things turn around, I'm not prophesying now, I'm just talking. When things turn around and fall apart again and everything goes down, be ready. Be ready. You'll be picking up stuff. Oh, boy, just find a way to do it and picking up more and more real estate. Praise God. We, we need to buy some TV stations. Yep. Need to close some down, praise God, hallelujah. And, and why do you think those stations talk like they talk? Because their owner who owns it is getting his morality, his ideas, his everything out there through his TV station. Well, if that turns around and becomes a kingdom holy ghost, how many know that would be a lot different? And you can see some people coming. They got their own radio stations now. They got their own TV stations. They start, they're starting all this because the kingdom of God is starting to reach in and start to take control of some things that it lost control of. Same way in schools. Schools are going to turn around. I'll tell you what, they're going to turn around. They can fight all they want to fight, but they got the parents mad now, and you don't want to do that. You don't want to get mommies mad. No, you'd rather attack a country. You'd rather attack a country than get mommies mad. I'll tell you that right now. You're going to be in trouble before that's over with. Yeah, things are starting to switch around. It's been revealed. It's been brought into the light. And now things are starting to turn around in the day and time that we're living in. But notice the meek will inherit the earth. So praise God, one part of that is called real estate. All right, go to Isaiah 45. The Bible says you should leave your children's children an inheritance. How many of you know that's real estate? Real estate never goes bad. You ain't going to lose it. You ain't going to do nothing. It's there, and it's always there, and chances are it's going to go up. It hardly ever goes down, praise God. 
All right, Isaiah 48. Or 45, I'm sorry. The clock's after me. All right, look at verse 18. It says, For thus says the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he has established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. So here basically it's talking about the kingdom of God. And it's talking about that he created the earth. Why did he create the earth? To be inhabited. He wanted people on the earth. Well, if he created to be inhabited, that means we're not all going to die and go to heaven and stay there because he still created the earth to be And how many know he doesn't change his mind? So sooner or later, we're going to come out of heaven if you die before that time of the second coming, and you're going to end up back on the earth because the earth was created to be inhabited. All right, one more. Go to Revelations 21. I want to go with Jesus in heaven forever. Not going to happen. And here's the ending. Revelations 21, look at verse 20, or verse 1. 21, 1, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, thank God, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is now with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, neither shall there be any pain, for the former things have passed away. This is our ending right here. This is where we're going to end up. God's program never changed from Genesis chapter 1 all the way to the end here of Revelations. The Bible promises basically a full resurrection for each and every one of us, a physical body of some kind He's going to give us, and we will reign on the earth forever and ever and ever and ever. We will be an extension of heaven itself. In the meantime, He wants us to practice. He wants us to learn how to take up rulership, exercise wise dominion over the territory that He gave us called earth. The kingdom of heaven is here now. We are citizens, representative of its government, and we possess the authority right now to act in the name of our king. We are to bring the influence of his will and desire over his earthly domain. The Bible says the meek will inherit the earth, and it should say the meek are, in, are inheriting the earth, and we are the meek who are doing it at this time and will one day live on the earth, ruling and reigning forever and ever and then ever and then forever and ever and then forever. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for opening our eyes to once more the kingdom of God, more revelation of who we are, what we can do, what Jesus paid for us. Father, we want to understand every single thing that that blood paid for each and every one of us. I thank you that we implement it in our lives. We not only know about it, but we act on it starting today, and we give you the praise and honor for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. the kingdom of God and his righteousness